Welcome to Bougie Black Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Montoya McGowan, licensed clinical social worker. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because um, when it comes to the number of black psychotherapists and black clinicians in the U.S., uh, the number is around 5%. And Therapy is becoming a huge investment for a lot of people of color. Unfortunately, there is not enough of us. Um, and so I like to showcase psychotherapists who um, have their own vibe, their own authenticity going so that people who are considering coming to our profession can know that you can be you. You can be what works best for you so you can attract the kind of clients that you enjoy working with. My guest today is one of my goodest favorite friends. Mm, <laughs> I told um, I told Cassius the other day, I was like, I like to say my special 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 guest but it's like everybody is a special guest right but you're my special special friend though Thank you. like friend friend <laughs> Thank you. so i would like to introduce my friend kelly hey kelly tell us about you like who are you oh wow what's your name We're my name is kelly and um if toya if you're bougie i'm ratchet Unapologetically, okay. I like it. Still, I like it. Uh, still uh, therapeutic and uh, and being authentically me. I uh, I love this work. I love this feel. I love what what we get to do, especially with people like us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe, uh, and I can say this with my chest, that I I will part of my legacy will be I'm one of the clinicians that 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 changed the game. Yeah. I changed the game. I know that I changed the game. Yeah. At the level that I changed the game. Uh, with, um, I, I grew up in a two red light, my hometown at two red lights. And Memphis was always uh, a big deal in my hometown. Uh, if you got sick, you go to Memphis, you go to the med. If you got on a fresh outfit, got at the mall of Memphis. Mm. You know, that person came over here from Memphis with that big car. So mm -hmm. from a little girl, I loved Memphis. And not that I necessarily grew up here uh, myself, but being a child and adolescent therapist uh, and starting the trauma unit at Lakeside, being there for 12 years, I grew up in the streets. Started like implemented, implemented cultivated, cultivated, created. Absolutely. There was no trauma programming for, uh, for black kids, for, for us. Mm. I did it for 12 years. So I grew up in the streets of Memphis now. Where my camera? Uh, I, uh, saw, I saw our babies uh, vulnerable, not where they were robbing, stealing, and killing. I, I saw, I experienced the trauma, everything that they, at the most vulnerable, innocent states, mm -hmm. seeing. Um, as children. As children, how wounded they were. And I met them as children, no matter where they, what, what happened to them. Uh, like, they put me on. Mm. They put me on. So everything I embody comes from those uh, from those kids. Everything they couldn't say, everything they couldn't do, uh, Miss Kelly had them. Oh wow! Unapologetic. I mean, really, I would. You couldn't talk about them in front of me. Yeah, you could. So, <clears throat> um, I was my dream job was working at the VA hospital, mm -hmm. 
And then I learned that I could do private practice. And I read this book one day called um, Eat That Frog. And I, you've heard this story before. Mm-hmm. And one thing the book said, suggested was um, pay attention to people whose names come up often in your area or in your town as it relates to the kind of things that you want to do. And then reach out to them and ask them if they would be willing to mentor you, but at the same time, be willing to offer something for their time. Yeah. And so I reached out to you and I was like, hey, will you be my friend? And you was like, yes. <laughs> and um, I told you what I was trying to do. And you was like, I would love to help you. Absolutely. No problem. But you gave me a stipulation. Your stipulation was, if you want to work with me, you have to be trauma-informed. And you have to get EMDR. Mm -hmm. And he was like, when you've gotten EMDR training, level one and two, call me back. Yeah. I don't know if that's something that you normally tell people, but I went and got trained in EMDR level one and two. And I was like, hey, friend, I'm back. I remember. (laughs) I remember. I remember. It was one of the... Which was impressive to me. Was it really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because of how many had come before you. Okay. Wanting to train with me. And mm. mind you, you know, I'm falling in love with what I'm doing, so I'm very careful who I'm letting attach to me. Right. And at that time, those are the only stipulations I had because that's what authenticated me. Right. And I had very few people that, that followed through. Oh, Okay. Um, you also invited me to psychodrama. And so psychodrama and EMDR, if I never use those at all, if I never use the skills and the things that I learned, the gifts that I got mm-hmm. personally from having to do the work, yeah. I'm so grateful yeah. that you told me about those things because mm-hmm. I didn't even know that level of healing was available. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Now I'm in love with brain spotting. Yeah. I absolutely love brain spotting. But um, we had a conversation a few days ago. I think it was a few days ago where you said that you're taking modalities and using them in ways that work best for you. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Um, So when you say modalities, um, I'm thinking about like the EMDR Mm -hmm. um, and... um, and psychodrama, um, experiential therapy, making it work for me, uh, putting my culture, adding my culture to it. Um, mm-hmm. Because if we go back to the theories that informed all of this, EMDR, brain spotting, uh, psychodrama, the theories that informed it were written and created by straight white men. Right. They didn't have us in mind at all. Right. So we 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 still, in my opinion, testing what works for us Correct. and what doesn't. Right. I know what works for us. It, it's kind of like I was telling you before we started uh, recording uh, how much you have to mirror black emotion before you can put a modality in there because mm-hmm. that, that's how we operate. That's how we, we connect. Uh, it, there has to be some authoritativeness in a tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in order for me to to command the room, I got to drop a, a, a cuss word every now and then. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And, and it's still therapeutic. Uh, I'm still connecting. Right. Uh, and then I got a uh, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am over here in the corner because I got to appease this one, you know, as well. Most of the modalities, they don't have that range. 
Right. You know, the, the premise, though, of, of healing, to me, it doesn't change. It's connection. It's safety. It's acceptance. Mm-hmm. I don't care what theory, what modality it is. It's the same thing. But there are just different ways with us, I think, that you 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 have to bend and be flexible, almost like a pretzel, to connect with us because our wounding looks like no other. Yeah. It looks like no other. Uh, once I began to, I think, fully embody the modalities, there was nobody I couldn't work with mm. because I owned it and applied it to me first. Mm-hmm. Everything I've ever taught, implemented, it landed right here first within mm-hmm. my family first. And if it should been working, I threw it out. But at the same time, I'm going to tease it until I can get it. But if I can identify with it and it gives me peace and relief, I'm going to hand it to everybody I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I can teach the same thing, but even in my teaching, it's make sure your personality matches even what I'm saying. Because mm-hmm. not asking you to do it like me. Because, again, the tenets don't change. The, the premise of it. It, it won't change. It's still right. the same thing. I, I hear you. And, and um, often you said, Toya, you got to go deep. You got to go within. Go within yeah. yourself, yeah. and then it'll show up in the room. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And yes. in the other culture, yes. you know, they like to say that you shouldn't be in the room. You know, that transference and counter-transference, it's going to happen. But how you handle it and how you manage it as far as what works best for the client is kind of something that we have to focus on with people of color. What do you think about that? The other people say you shouldn't bring the emotion in. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't know how to deal with, with their emotions. And, and, and part of what's wrong with us, we've tried to follow the way they said deal with emotions. Don't show them. Don't show them or, or you shouldn't be feeling this, you shouldn't be feeling that. And in the face of all hell breaking loose, you're supposed to be just kind of stoic. That's, mm-hmm. no, that don't work for us. Mm-mm. You know, so. We don't feel safe if we don't know how you feel. They are the ones that said transference and counter-transference was wrong. Correct. I mean, so you're taught in school. That's an ethical violation. You don't do that. Yeah. But the way we have been wounded, you got to transfer and counter-transfer to connect with us. Or what we're going to do is give you back. Well, we know you want to hear mm-hmm. and make you feel good because black people, we used to doing that, mm-hmm. especially if you're a white clinician. I can give you everything you need and make you think you fixed me, you helped me, but then go home and probably want to blow my damn brains out. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's without, and you don't know that unless you've connected. Right. With some transference, counter-transference, kind of, right. you know, kind of stuff. That, right. That's, that's the only way. Um, <clears throat> when I was, sense. yeah, okay, I feel yeah. like I'm rambling. No, it makes okay. complete <laughs> sense. I agree. I, when I was trying to find my groove as far as what kind of clinician or what kind of therapist I wanted to be, um, I wasn't sure what yeah. it should look like. And so I read several books from, um, Irvin Yalom. Mm-hmm. And I think he is the one who wrote the, the textbooks on group psychotherapy, yeah. but he has a lot of other books and that's pretty much exactly the same thing he does. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he said. Each client that comes in, he caters to what that person needs based to. on where they are in life yeah. until it's time for them to move or transition to something else. Um, you can't have like an agenda for this person when they show up. Because if you don't, you are counseling them toward you. Yep. And your personality and your values right. and your mindset. Right. And that's where it gets real 
black churchy ish. Yeah. Let me make you a disciple or a replica replica of me. Yeah. And and that's not what it is because your client in front of you, they are the expert in their own lives. They mm-hmm. managed to keep themselves alive until they got in front of you. They have the answers. They just don't know that they have them. Right. It's your job, in my opinion, to help them to cultivate those things. Right. Not not even break it. How do we mold this? Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the way we've taught therapy, and you know, is that first of all, the therapists give advice, you know, or or again, we're trying to make as if we're the the optimum picture of health. Right. Yeah. We fucked up. You all just don't know how many <laughs> what camera, how many issues we like. Got. Look at all of them. I, I mean, we got issues. They tell you in counseling school the first day. You know what what, what Doctor Bree said. Y'all all here because your family fucked up. You can't help them. Yeah. You here to try to save them. We got issues, y'all. Yeah. We got issues. So any therapist is trying to say, look at me and be like me. The one of the first things I'll say is, I ain't the standard. Mm-mm. I'm not the standard for how you need to live. At the same time, this is what worked for me. This is what did not work for me. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to enable them upon you anyway. Right. You know, I mean, you, you really don't. And, and and that gets into my definition of what's healthy for me may not fit the definition of what's healthy for somebody that I'm working. In my eyes, but that's healthy for them. I agree. You know, they, they're probably not going to, um, they're probably going to, Stop smoking crack, but they still smoking weed and drinking every day. Fam, mm-hmm. you winning to me. You winning. Like, <laughs> Just don't do all of them at the same yeah, time. Yeah, all of them at the same time, but you know, I'm not getting ready to do I ain't getting ready to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not, especially considering where you where you come from. When 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 I would, got into trauma, you know, we ask a lot of times with people, what's wrong with you? You don't have time to sit down and hear what happened to a person. If you figure out what happened... All of their behavior will make perfect sense to you. They're yeah. surviving. Right. They are surviving. And the worst thing a therapist can do is offer the same critique or criticism that they've heard from everybody else. Right. Their entire lives, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah. I went to a therapist once. Um, honestly, I went to her because I knew her from us working together. But she no, lo- no longer worked there. But her rates were... High premium fee rates. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know what it was like to pay a premium fee rate and what kind of therapy session was that going to be. Mm-hmm. And she mothered me the whole time for like 60 minutes out of out of me telling her what I had going on. She was like, oh, hun. And she was not a person of color. Mm-hmm. Oh, hun, you need you don't need to be doing that. Now, why are you doing this? You know, that's beneath you. Mm-hmm. And like she gave me motherly advice. And I never went back to her because she made me feel like she was judging me. Absolutely. And her questions and the way she questioned were attempts to shame me into doing something that was more in line with her values and how she thought life could be. And I was like, I paid a premium fee for this. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me go back to my corner and keep doing what I'm doing because it's working. It's not this. People don't want you to tell them what to do. And her blind spot would would couldn't hear that that's what she was doing, but she really believes she's the standard. Because it's been working for her. It's, it's been working. Absolutely, it's been working. Um, and to say that's not what you need to do, like 
the reframe to that would be, I see exactly why that's, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense to me that that's what you are doing. Right. So we continue to unpack. Right. Without... Without making me feel yeah. like, ooh, so now I need to be mindful about what I say to her because how she may respond. Yeah. So we switch it to I'm caring for her in my therapy mm-hmm. session. Yeah, you're taking care of her. Uh, and the biggest form of resistance, rebellion is compliance. Mm. Mm. Because when I am complying with you to take care of you, I'm resisting and rebelling everything within myself. Hmm. Oh, I got to sit with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to come back and watch this again so mm-hmm. I can hear you say it again. Yeah. yeah. Because I like to say that I'm a rule follower. Mm-hmm. And that resonates with me by me saying I'm a rule follower, meaning that I prefer compliance because oftentimes compliance feels safe. Yeah, absolutely. Even if I don't agree with it. So when I resist and rebel, me... <clears throat> It's going to come out sideways. Mm. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, like somebody's got to pay for that. Yeah. If I couldn't fully show up and right. tell her the truth. Right. You know, that, that I don't like the fact that you mothering me. I'm going to come home and holler at my kids. Yeah. I'm about this. I'm mad about this, that. And that's because I couldn't show up authentically fully. Mm. Now, and, and the difference between being the peacekeeper and the peacemaker. Yeah. The peacekeeper is just going to be quiet and give you what you want. Yeah. And the war is inside. The peacemaker, I'm going to have to go on. Now, who am I'm going to have to protest. Me. And, yeah. Me. And, yeah. And, and we, we, we do this whole, the compliance and conformity, you know, diversity, mask as conformity. Mm-hmm. Let me make you like me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then so we go with that to survive. But at the same time, the rebellion, the resistance, somebody pays. Yeah. You being a a, a therapist, a therapist of color and um, a well sought out therapist in this area, I'm sure makes you a target for other things. Yeah. Um, because that's just kind of how the universe works. Mm-hmm. How do you care for yourself in those times? I, 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 because I do believe I, I, I am and have been a target for things. I try to make sure what I do and what I say, like even in forums like this is rooted in, in truth and authenticity mm-hmm. and, and working real hard that my passion does not get mistaken for weaponry. Mm-hmm. I understand. You, you, I'm passionate about what it is that I do. Yeah. On behalf of people that look like me. Right. And because of that, you know, it it is it, mistaken for weaponry. And, and for whatever reason, people have a need to. In to, some way it is. It, you, it is weaponry. Well, well, yeah. Because you are arming people. Absolutely. With the things that they need to care for themselves. And the sadness in that is. It's not convenient for who the people who want, don't want to be, who don't want them exactly. to be armed. So, which that's the pathology. That's mm-hmm. the person that's sick. Mm-hmm. Because anything that I'm offering is, it's, I want to give you this to help you. Yes. It's going to really put truly this in your toolbox to make you better. And the people around you, the people around you better. Um, but I, I think the way I take care of myself, if I know that I'm coming from truth, I really do trust God to take care of me. Yeah. I really, no longer can I remain quiet. Yeah. 
for what it is I, I, I know and I've seen. Because there are just little things that people can learn and do and apply that would mm-hmm. make humongous differences. Simple but not easy. Simple but not easy, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's not even about me me being the person to empower. It's you getting the tools and cultivating your own power. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to connect it to me. Mm-hmm. Because you, you can catch me on the wrong day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you can, uh, one thing I learned from Lee, don't put me on your weak ass pedals. <laughs> I'll bring my own ladder, standing up to the top. I got my step stool. Get down off my ladder and take it home. Because your pedestal, if you find something you don't like, you're going to knock me down. Yeah. Right. Because if you catch, and, and the thing about it, I'm very open and honest about my issues and about my struggles. Mm-hmm. Ain't a whole lot of shit you're going to find and use against me because I've already told you. Mm. And if you find out something and use it against me, it becomes some form of gossip. You got the issue. Yeah. Yeah, and you ain't got shit else to talk about if you talk about my business. Mm-mm. No, yeah, that, that makes you feel better, actually. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel better. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what kind of advice would you give to new therapists or new clinicians or people who are just kind of like a baby at finding out who they are? The advice that I would give to new clinicians, baby therapists, it's... I'm trying to say this right. Always keep in front of you what you don't know. Go in curious yeah. and ignorant with your client. Yeah. Like, like just assume there's certain things. I, I was supervising a young lady, and I had to watch the videotapes. And so she was working with a young girl in the hood. And so I'm watching the tape, and I'm looking, and she was like, you know, Ms. Kelly, I just talked to her like we sisters. I said, I got an issue with that. Like, you did nothing therapeutic. Like, she just kind of gave her advice and, and basically and, and ended up telling the client that, uh, yeah, you can go on, go to college and go to school, and you can do this and you can do that. No damn well, that girl will never get out of where she is. Now, let me, can I just keep it real? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, knowing, knowing that she won't get out of that situation, like, it, it was a domestic violence issue. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I had to say to the baby therapist, about the client that was in a domestic violence situation, tell me what keeps you there. Mm-hmm. Now, I have found out that the baby therapist had domestic violence issues as well. Oh. So if that's undone, baby therapist. You're going to be triggered you, quite often. And so to keep from being triggered, she basically giving the girl her life. Go to school, do this, do that. Kids ain't even do all that. Mm-hmm. But she, yeah, girl, yeah, this is what she said on the tape. Yeah, girl, yeah, girl. There was nothing therapeutic about that. And I said, would you have been in that case, because what's presented with, to you is this, you know, DV situation, would you have been sister girl had she been Asian? Probably not. Would you have been sister girl if she had been white? No. If she had had her head covered? Then don't do us that way. No. You know, and, and she... <clears throat> She, she received it well, um, and, and it stung her, you know, a, as a new therapist. But in that case, between new therapist and vulnerable client, I'm always going to side with the vulnerable client. Got it. I'm going to always side with the client, and then let me come back to, come back to where you are. Okay. You know, uh, because the, the, the new therapist, she, she was proud of that. Yeah. And until, you know, I ended up saying, and it didn't take long that, oh, this is an issue with you that's undone. Yeah. You know, but she was open to it. She, 
Well, she kind of slick didn't come back. Okay, so she, maybe she was. Okay, so she's not ready. Yeah, she she wasn't she wasn't ready. But but it's just even if, if you know new therapists, if the person sitting across from you looks like you, you have similarities. Just assume there are things you don't know. Yeah. Allow yourself to be educated about their world. Yeah. You know, I've asked Asian clients, I don't want to say this wrong, are you Chinese or Japanese? Mm-hmm. And I mean it with my whole heart. Mm-hmm. You know, like if... Because it their, matters. With their head covered, educate me. I don't want to say or do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of thinking that we should know, we really don't. Yeah. We, we, we don't know. Um, uh, my biggest teachers have been my clients and patients. Yeah, there's uh, something in brain spotting called follow the tail of the comet. And that's not getting ahead of the client, letting the client kind of lead where we're going. Mm -hmm. So you don't come around them and be like, okay, you know, I think we should kind of go this way. Exactly, exactly. And so that's kind of what that reminded me of when you were saying, you know, stay curious. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. if you kind of have an idea of what might happen or what this person might say, Mm -hmm. still follow them Mm -hmm. and be curious about what they need and what the outcome Mm -hmm. should be. Not giving them a template that you think may work and you're not even really sure. You're not sure because new therapists, your seat is very powerful mm-hmm. and, and, and we are used to taking care of the most powerful person in the room. Yep. So even if you get it wrong, clients won't let you know that you got it wrong. Mm. And they'll continue on that vein to start taking care of you. Right. Now, now we reversed it. Right. You know, and, and, and it doesn't become therapeutic anymore for them. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. One of my favorite things to say in session is, girl, I don't know. Me too. I don't know. Me too. I don't know. And, and one of my favorite things to say is, I, I'm still mad about what you said he did. <laughs> right. you know, like, I'm standing right there with you, you know, just to, like, it, it, I don't know. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Um, but I think it is just staying curious and, and go to therapy. There, there's no way you should be conducting therapy if you've never been on the other side of the couch. Because helping all of these people is not going to fix your problem, baby therapist. It's, it's not. It's a great distraction. It is. But it, but it won't fix you. It won't heal you. It's if right. anything, it's going to trigger you over and over oh. and over again. And you'll find yourself tired and exhausted and not even really sure why. But it's because you're not caring for yourself mm-hmm. before you step in the room to care for somebody else. Exactly. And you and that means to me you don't trust this process to work for you. Mm. So how are you going to sell me something or convince me of something that you don't even trust yourself? Or not willing to invest in it. Or you're not willing to invest in it. Yeah, you're not willing to invest in it. Um, it, it. It is definitely a science. It is. It is an art it's and it. skill. And it's magical. Yeah, at, at, all at the same time. And it takes all of that at the same time. It's not just, we just talking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's not that. It's it, it's it, it's work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stuff that, that goes on um, in the room. Yeah. A lot goes on in the room. Yeah. And it, you and a lot of times with me dealing with trauma, you know, I got three dimensions in the room all at the same time. I got a person's past, present, and their future all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I got a wounded inner child, you know, th- this adult that's probably in some kind of fucked up ass relationship, this future part of you that you want to be, a dead mama that's talking to you from the grave. All of that's happening at the same time in the room. And it's all needed at the same time. You know, the vision that I got in my head while you were saying that was like driving a car. Mm -hmm. When you're driving a car 
the car has to be maintained in order for the car to go. But if you got people in the car with you, you also have to be mindful and paying attention. But you also have to worry about your parameters and or your peripheral view and anticipating what everybody else has going on. Exactly. Exactly. And so as a therapist, we're driving the car, but we're also having to be mindful about all these other things. And if you got the bubble goods. <laughs> right. Right. Or you having a panic attack, right. then you'll mess up something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what I see when therapists don't take care of themselves. Yeah. yeah. And um I've had several people, you know, offer or ask to work with me, yeah. but I know that they are not investing in their mental wellness mm-hmm. and I can't take that on. I, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think the word has gotten out about me so they don't come anymore. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't go, they don't come anymore. You gotta, and, and it makes you gotta me show so up. sad. You know, it makes me so sad. Uh, you, like you, you talked about the car analogy, what came up for me, my largest trauma group at Lakeside was 46 people. So I had 23 dyads, you know, as they pair up, mm-hmm. doing trauma work, taking everybody back to their childhood at the same time, you know, reorganize, restoring the traumatic event at the same time. I got the whole room. And so a friend of mine said one time, the fact that you can throw up all those saucers at the same time and yes. bring them down and not drop yes. either one of them. So a big part of that. And I think that's something that hurts me, though, yeah. with being a mentor and a supervisor. Mm-hmm. Because I'm always on 10 because of, you know, nobody, there's nobody else that's ever done that, that yeah. I know of. Yeah. That that did that level of work, you know. I, I, I It's not a lot of us that are it. willing to be courageous enough to do that. And, oh, my God, Toya. The stuff that would happen in the room, you know. The doctor could sit with somebody for 10 minutes. Techs are going to make sure they get to the bathroom and, and, and to lunch, breakfast, dinner. Nurse is going to take vitals. When they get in that room with me, the nightmare opens up. Mm. And you, you get what I'm saying? You got a whole hospital. Mm-hmm. But when they get in the room with me for three days, I'm unpacking the nightmares of an average of 22 people at one time mm. without losing, you know, anybody. So, You're a dragon slayer. And so the intensity that I would carry with that, like, yeah. I can't lose anybody. I cannot, my reputation of, you can't knock on the group room door because I'm a hot at you, you know. Mm-hmm. you don't. We don't get interrupted. We don't do any of that because everything these people have avoided, like, they have the space because of what we're getting ready to open. This mm-hmm. was the reason for the suicide attempt. Like mm-hmm. this is, and and I think it was nothing but the grace of God with how I didn't lose anybody. You know, all of those years, but it hurt me socially and even with trying to be a coach or mentor. Yeah, because my intensity is already up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I don't think that's going to ever stop. And it you shouldn't. Know, I just don't think I can. I can go back on it. It shouldn't. Um, I've been going to a trainer, um, shout out to Wayne, and he 
um, only allows certain people with certain kind of energy to come into his gym. Mm -hmm. You don't get to come there because you want him as your trainer. And I didn't understand that until maybe my second or third time I was there. He's cultivating the energy that works best for him. Mm-hmm. So that he can help you be your best self. Absolutely. And so having people who are willing to adhere to that yeah. and willing to manage themselves so that they can have access to you mm-hmm. is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that. I, I think that's the reason for my relationship with Lee. Like, like you got to having access to her was a privilege. Mm. Yeah. You know, it is a privilege. I don't want to talk about it in past tense. Yeah. It is a privilege. And and the way I did have to continue to to check myself, mm-hmm. realizing I'm in the presence of, of what I would say greatness. And she's like, girl. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, <laughs> you know but <laughs> but at the same time, feeling myself almost now on that same plane, like, mm-hmm. I really am the prize. Mm. I, I, I have so much... I, and when you start acting like you're the prize, people don't want to fool with you. Uh, no, they don't. They, they really, and I'm okay with Because I'm going to have to work too hard to be with you. I'm yeah. going to have to work too hard to have access to oh you. Oh, my God. I just need easy. I just had that happen. <laughs> and the reason why, you know, when, and Toya, if you and I are, are, are talking, if you and I against them, Woo! okay, we can do this all day long. All day. But if you can ready to challenge me about my stuff, mm-hmm. I got to be willing to stand in this to authenticate what we're doing. Right. You know, I got to trust you enough. But if I challenge you and that ends us, we have shit in the first place. No, we didn't. So every everything you're you're building, now we we can band together against them. But I gotta check you when you get wrong, and I expect you to check me. If you don't, we can't call this friendship. And I want to do it in love. Yeah, absolutely. Not because I'm trying to show you up. I will not do it. If I do it to show you up, then I'm fucked. I got issues. Right. So I, I got to go and check that. But I can't not do it because of fear and call that love. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I can't operate from a place of fear and call that love. Yeah. I'm reading um, uh, this book. It's uh, Love Addicts. Is it love or is it a love addiction? That's mm-hmm. the name of the book. Yeah. And um, that's pretty much what the first chapter was about. Mm -hmm. If you're operating in fear and calling it love, Mm -mm. it's not love. It's exhausting. And a relationship will not fix your fears. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. If anything, it's going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be the worst version of you trying to be in a relationship with somebody based on fear. Which is what I call relationship. Can we be Re- relationship? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and so when it's a relationship, you need to flush that. Yeah. I mean, that's what you do. You flush it. Yeah. Because, it, and most of the time that, that whole fear based kind of thing that, which I've ex- experienced myself, it's a trauma response. Me too. And so you, you walk around and you end up getting hostages. Yeah. You know, you endear people to you and now they're stuck. They're obligated. And and you are a, a violent victim. You yeah. volunteer to be a victim. Absolutely. 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 If you know you've been manipulated and used, we can't call that manipulation. You mm-hmm. volunteering, boo. Yeah. You signed up for it. And you're getting something out of it. And I ain't checking you for that. Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes just a whole strategic hunt and chase and doing that excites you. 
Right. You know, it's. But it's, the insight and awareness is the hard part because once I know, then I'm charged with doing Absolutely. something different or choosing not to, even though I know. Once you know, grief is automatic mm. because the awareness means that I'm going to have to give up this fuckery that I'm doing. I got to grieve that. Yeah. Or the awareness of. Even if I keep doing it, I got to grieve whatever this actualized state I'm promoting. Does that make sense? Or grieve what you know you're not going or, to get or, or because you I'm decided to stay it. in this. So with awareness, there, there's ex it's awareness, acceptance, and action. We want to go from awareness straight into action. Mm -hmm. It does not work. Mm -hmm. Acceptance is the grief. I'm going to have to give up something before this action works for me and not against me. Right. But people die in awareness. Meaning I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what I'm not, I don't need to do. Mm -hmm. I ain't ready. Mm -hmm. People will die in awareness because they're not willing to, to shed whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my clients that I work with, we do like very basic CBT. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. what's, the, what's the event that occurred? Yeah. And instead of going straight to you doing something, we got to go back to what's the feeling. Because mm -hmm. when you. Because we're human beings. Right. Not human doings. What's the yes, feeling. Exactly. Then Be I got to help them mm -hmm. understand. And I had to learn this too. The vocabulary for emotion and feeling words. Oh, yeah. Being able to expand your vocabulary. Because some type of way actually is not a feeling. Well, <laughs> this is what we do. I feel as if she don't like me. <laughs> then I, I know I feel like he said this. Then I know I feel like if you're going to do this, you ain't naming <laughs> not one feeling. Because part of what I do I, is... I feel some type of way. What is that? <laughs> it's not a feeling. Mm -mm. So the emotional literacy piece is so important. It's cause, huge. Because if you don't know the feeling, you can't get the need met. I, I even keep a feelings wheel card in my purse. Because I need to know how I feel. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. I'm not sure. And then I check in with my body. Where do I feel it in my body? I be forgetting to do that part sometimes. Yeah. I will follow my side. If I find myself going throughout the day, like, oh, hmm. like, oh, I will follow it. And where does it land? It always lands on something that's unfinished. Mm. Like, I, I need to make that phone call. I need yeah. to get that done. What is the feeling? Fear. You know, what yeah. is the feeling? Like frustration. But I follow it because the sigh, and I just learned that about myself, lands on something that's unfinished, something mm -hmm. that's undone. And get in touch with the feeling. What is my belief around the feeling? Mm -hmm. You know, whether I'm unworthy, don't know. Uh, but, yeah. Um, and I try to teach clients the same thing. You know, yeah. like. When it, I learn to do those things, though, it feels like. My world opened up, my heart opened up yeah. a little more, but I also felt exposed. Yeah. yeah. But then I learned exposed actually means vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. vulnerable helps create a different level of connection yeah. with yourself and with other people. Mm -hmm. And so learning to um, have emotional flexibility increase your emotional vocabulary or the emotional right, literacy right, right. can instantly change your quality of life because Absolutely. when you know how you feel what you do next may be completely different versus when you didn't know how you feel exactly exactly if i know that i feel left out or i felt looked over mm -hmm. 
then I could start to challenge that thinking. Yeah. Was I really left out mm-hmm. <laughs> or was I not available? Or what did I need? Yes. To, to feel left in, I mean, to be included. <laughs> right, like, what did I need? Yeah. And, and that's what I normally do. Oh, so, that's a good one. If I needed you to call or text me, knowing I was going to be somewhere else, then I'm not available. Mm-hmm. You know, because the the unwanted feeling is going to always expose an unmet need. Yes. Yes. And we don't like to be needy as human beings. Oh, no. But we have to be needy. Needy really and truly is the new cool. And you, you really can't meet your own need a lot of times. You can't. It's impossible. And so, and, and, and what I have started teaching is, 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 is the people in your life giving them the cheat sheet yeah. For how to meet the need. Wait, I can't just say he should know. Uh-uh. No, he can't. Uh-uh. He should, She's known me for 20 years. She should know. You know her for 20 years, so you should have known she wasn't going to know. <laughs> right. What the fuck you talking about? Making up these rules that, that don't work both ways. You should have known she wasn't going to know. I should have. Yeah. But I'm not focused on her. I'm just focused on me. She ain't focused on you. She focused on her. <laughs> she ain't stunned me. She ain't stunned you. Just like, so it's really and truly, how do I give you the cheat sheet? Regularly. Yeah, for, exactly. Exactly. And and even giving you the cheat sheet is still not going to to fix to fix what I have going on. It, you know, and like I tell people, if I just need you to bring me a Coke, if you stop by Kroger, I mean, I touch the Coke, but you thought about me. That's mm-hmm. what I needed. Mm-hmm. It didn't fix or change anything. Mm-hmm. But again, you, you thought about me. Mm-hmm. Like, like there was some nourishment that I got from mm-hmm. that. And oftentimes when we are in these desert places, it's nourishment that we, like, who do I matter to? So many adults suffer from failure to thrive. Yes. Because they won't allow themselves to have connections. Or give people right. the cheat sheet regularly. Regularly. Because people believe what you show them. All right. I told you, you one time. You should know after that and one time. And then if I show you I'm good and I got it going on, you're going to think I'm good and I got it going on. I'm going to think you good. Cause but you, I'm when mad I as hell that you, you ain't figured out that I'm not good, though. When I said, how you doing, just checking in on you, and you said, I'm good, mm-hmm. then I say, okay. Yeah. And that's it. But you can't be mad at me later because you said that you were good. I can't read between the lines of people, that. Yeah. It, it's, it's, and so, you know what I've told people that they need to do? First of all, you had to go back and apologize to all these people that you made, you wanted them to think that you had it going on. Yeah. Forgive me for making you think I was better than what I was in that situation. I was not. Mm. I was scared that you were going to judge me. Yeah. I was scared to tell you that I had a need. Maybe you would have let me down. I was not completely honest. Mm-hmm. Here's what you can do to help with this situation. And then you can figure out whether or not they're willing, they're capable, mm-hmm. they're open, right. or they just don't want to. Or they just, and, and so, and then you grieve that. But it starts really and truly with you, the one that needs to need met. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it really does. At the same time, though, that's why the emotional literacy is so important because you just don't know how to go about doing it. Yeah. You know, you really and truly just don't know how to go about it. Um, and the emotions that, that we know, you know, are, would be reactionary emotions. Mm-hmm. The anger, the, you know, because the fear, the hurt, the shame mm-hmm. is too sensitive for us to carry. Yeah. Uh, but that's the only way we, that's, that's the only way you can heal, really. Yeah. That, that's the only way you can get in touch with that. The only with way. you having this level of passion and this level of insight, about 
people and their needs and giving of yourself to help other people on their journey. How do you shut your brain off or at least quiet your brain? It's a struggle that a lot of entrepreneurs have because ideas bring on more ideas. Oh, yeah, right. So how do you manage that for yourself at this chapter in your life? I am still working on it. I okay. really am. I am still working on it. It. Um, I don't watch the news anymore at all. I don't either. Uh, I don't. Uh, and even with the election stuff, I was looking at my memories on Facebook, and the same stuff I was saying six years ago. Mm-hmm. It's the same stuff people are saying in the news mm-hmm. now, you know. Um uh, uh, the suffering in the world makes me sad. It, it really, truly, it, it makes me sad. And even getting this PhD with this new information, you know, of, of, of learning, um, um, there are even more ideas. Yep. You know, it's opened me up to even more with the simplicity in how, in my opinion, our communities can be so much healthier. Mm-hmm. But also the reality in the benefit and the money that's made from our suffering. So people get paid the more we suffer. Correct. You know, when you talk about privatized prisons and all that, you know, there's money made when we suffer. Medications. So, pharmacies. And it's, it's, it's how, do we, um, how do we bring nourishment to our communities and stop the suffering, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it's almost impossible because of the system, the way the way it's set up. Right. But at the same time, if I continue to entertain that, apathy sets in, and and and, and, and I, I'd rather not be alive than to live in apathy. Yeah. You know, I, I have to care, mm-hmm. and I have to believe that things will get better and will become different. Um and so I just made it, you know, just kind of recommitted to just continuing to shaping and reforming myself. Yeah. You know, until that avenue really and truly happens, you know. Uh, we really do thrive in community. Yeah. You know, that, that's why we can go anywhere. Right. Black. And, and crash a, a, a family reunion if they mm-hmm. play in uh before I let go, man. Yes. You know, like we in there. <laughs> right. like we, we Don't love. do the wobbles. That's what we do. <laughs> you know, that's what we do. But all of the structures have been to separate that from since they brought us here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so. The pandemic tried it, but it didn't work. Exactly. Exactly. I, I don't know if my mind ever stops or turns off with okay. with the, with, with the I. Because the more you know, you know, the, 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 the more despair. Mm-hmm. Really, truly, the more despair. It makes me a very serious person. Okay. And it messes with me socially, hmm. you know, uh, because it's like, how do you turn this off and just be present? But even if I'm in a setting and if I figured out, for example, you sleep, don't like him. Yeah. And we sit and we're like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. yeah, why we doing this? Why we doing this? Like, why why I got say, you in here? Say, you know she don't like you. She in the hallway. She said this <laughs> right? like, because I need integrity in the atmosphere. Like I need integrity. That's in what here. you need to feel That's safe. What I need you to feel safe. Okay. Unless we come in in here and, and we both don't like. What are you doing? <laughs> so now I'm gonna be slick side eye and him like uh huh okay. Right. In order to be true. What game to me, is this we playing? Like, what game we playing? But I I can't. And so in some of our settings that are supposed to be healthy, when you got all of that going on and I can spot it just like that. Or feel it. Or feel it. You know, like, 
it's it, it, so even a situation, you know, that we had, I won't call any names, but you know, I brought it right back to you. Mm -hmm. This what they said you, you know, I said, no, I went and said that to Tori. She said, I told you not to say no. Oh, you can't tell me not to say nothing because if I don't, then I'm a part of what you're doing right, right. here. And you'll never say I'm a part. Right. You know, so this is somebody I care about. Yeah. So you don't have to say who said what. I said it. This is the reason that I, you know, that I said. I like being that way. It took me a while to get comfortable with that. Yeah. But I like it because it stops people from bringing stuff Just to you. Just don't bring it to me. Yes. Just don't bring it. Because I'm not holding any secrets for people that no, I care about. No, no, no. I'm not doing that. What Kanye say? Don't hard drive. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm a hard drive for people to pay me. Except <laughs> for my client. But, uh, <laughs> so, um, mm -mm. you're in school to get your doctorate degree? Yeah. I remember when you were thinking about it. Oh, God. How you feeling about it? First, before you answer that question, I was looking at some statistics a few days ago. And I was telling you I was thinking about getting my Ph.D. really just because I want to be Dr. Toya, mm -hmm. not even really because I want to do anything with it. Online. Go get it online. And, <laughs> right? and I was looking at the statistics. One percent of people with a Ph.D. is black women. Yeah. One percent. That is heartbreaking. And then the articles that I'm reading is that they like our passion. Yes. They like our creativity. They like our innovation. They ain't get ready to hire us, though, to teach in, 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 in higher education. And they do they, not want you to have an outlandish dissertation mm -mm. that makes them feel uncomfortable. I might get put out. <laughs> now, because I'm in my second department. Now, you know, I went to get my PhD in counselor education. Oh. I left counselor education after a year. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because, you know, there were only like eight of us. I'm the oldest in the cohort and only one that's practiced. Um, I had two instructors that never even practiced. So how are you going to teach me? So now that I'm watching what you're you're teaching and and, and, and the, the girl that was supervising that I was supervising about they got too hooded with her client, like the teacher didn't know what to do with that. So I'm basically saying this is this this is why. Mm -hmm. Because academia is not in the real world. So right. um and, and and a lot of other shit happened too. Uh filed a complaint, blah, blah, blah. Of course. And <clears throat> First of all, I went back to school because all of the new counselors wanting to train under me didn't have basic soft skills. Mm. So I'm like, let me go back because I don't know what y'all learning. Like, you don't know how to, you you don't know how to go say hey and do an intake. So that was part of the reason. So didn't like that department. Uh, left counselor education. Now I'm in urban affairs and public policy, which is um, one of my friends was saying that she didn't like the word urban because it meant black. Mm -hmm. um, I love that I'm getting a PhD in being black, Yeah, you know, because it's black. But the Urban Affairs, it's an interdisciplinary program. So there are 12 of us from all different backgrounds. Oh, I'm bringing mental health. That's good. Uh, like um, uh, Dorcas uh, Young, you know, she's from city government, educators, it's all different. So it's not a traditional PhD because mm -hmm. we all talking about different, different stuff from 
I'm still using it as a mental health lens. Right. So looking at how planning and policy and how all of that All those works, things matter. Uh, all of it. And, and so the messed up part is I'm thinking about going to law school after if I don't have no man. Like, <laughs> but you know, and I don't need no more schooling. But at the same time, law school with that degree, because to me that is the only way you change policy. Yeah. Policy changes when you can touch the – the white lawmakers' hearts. Okay. That's the difference between... But you got to get to them. You got to get to them. Somebody got to them. That's when we went from the crack epidemic mm -hmm. to the opiate crisis. Oh. So it's a crisis because now we got white kids overdosing. Of course. So policy changes. Now you got Narcan that even bring, bring them back to life. You can go to, even go to treatment now for free. All of this new legislation from the opiate crisis. Because somebody, somebody got to their got heart. Somebody got to the heart. Okay. My counseling degree can get me to the heart. I need all this other stuff to just get me in the room. Because in order for you to really make an impact, the best way to start is with your immediate circle of yes. influence. Yes. So if you change the the access or the influence of people that you have access to, mm -hmm. then you can have influence in those areas exactly. as well. Exactly. But being in certain programs is the avenue for you to get there. Exactly. Exactly. That's genius. It is. It is. Um, and I have no choice because I'm black. Yeah. I, I, I need the letters behind my name because I'm black. Yeah. Otherwise. Because the system. Unless you're so. a TikToker. Yeah. Or, you know, a social media influencer. Mm -hmm. Your words don't really matter. Right. I get so frustrated when I hear. A celebrity say something that we've been saying on a regular basis and people are like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I told you that last week. <laughs> <laughs> but, Toya, I don't know how we go from hearing a celebrity say it and it becomes, like they would say at church, like rhema word, like mm -hmm. burst open, oh, my God. At what point do we apply it? I'm an applier. I'm such an applier. Like, we get excited about the nuggets. I don't have respect for people who just keep talking and talking and talking and talking and don't apply any of it. I was going to say that even about our friendship, that, that even when we go for times without talking to each other, and then when we do connect again, we are both advancing. The yeah. conversation is not the same. Yeah, I never it, thought about yeah, that. Yeah, the conversation is not the same. It's this is what I'm doing differently. Yeah. I don't mess with them no more. I don't mess with them no more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's growth, there's progression. Yeah. So if you're close to me, you know, if you were close to me and the conversation hadn't advanced, we probably not too tight. We probably ain't friends that much like we used to be. That's why I ain't got no friends. Me either. I ain't got me either. <laughs> I mean, you my friend, but that's right. why I'm like. But we're still talking about the same thing. Like, <laughs> I, I, I want to see you win. I don't want to. Uh, uh, uh. Like, no. Mm. Um, tell us about the University of Mental Health. Oh, thank you for asking. Where should I start? Where did it come from? <sighs> I know it came from your heart, but it definitely came. How from did my... it end up on a T-shirt? Um, I, um, with me being at Lakeside, um, for as long as I was, I was there long enough to see a 15 year old child show up on the adult unit now and has her own baby. 
Mm-hmm. And I probably knew the trauma at 15 and watching them, you know, grow. So once the trauma bug, you know, bit me, it's like, I, I think, an epidemiologist studying in a strand. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know what trauma looks like from child, you know, up. And the institution of psych hospitals, in my opinion, um, did very little to tend to the wounding. right. The fact that kids would discharge and come right back to be with Miss Kelly. Right. You know. Uh, that, They're just putting out the fire. Yeah. That, that it's safer for you to be in the hospital with me. So then my thinking is, what if I could keep them? Mm-hmm. What if I didn't have to discharge anybody back to the same neighborhood? What if I kept them for five years, food, clothes, shelter? You you can't get kicked out of here. Like a boarding school. Absolutely. Now, state of the art, though. I don't want you no hand me down. I don't, I want what we don't have want. no clothes closet where you come and drop closet. your we stuff don't want off closet. in. <laughs> I, I want the Jordans, the fresh jeans, whatever your kids want. That's what I want for my kids. Yes, meet because that's what's important to them now. Right, meet those needs. Then I can look at how we heal some of this trauma. Because it's hard to thrive when you, you haven't even learned how to survive. You cannot. You cannot. And my thing is, it would take me five years mm-hmm. to, 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 for them to feel safe, for them to unlearn their ways of survival, mm-hmm. and then learn and put out what they would receive from me. Mm-hmm. Part of when I was leaving Lakeside, and I know the day that UMH, I got pregnant with it, let me mm-hmm. say that. A young lady that that uh, little girl been had for years at Lakeside, and um, what is Lakeside for people who don't live in Memphis? Uh, Behavior Health Hospital, y'all, you know, um, acute care, and I I was told that under my reign, uh, they became the largest uh, psychiatric hospital in the United States, with me being director. Little of, of you, trauma. little me. Okay. And I'm just thinking about how much money they made. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, because people would come just to be a part of my program. But watching this little girl that had come back, and and, and they had memorized my lecture. They knew when Miss Keller was going to cuss, and she's going to throw the box right here, she's going to do this. <laughs> and the baby was in the bag, and, and she was she almost had an ache. You know, she, she think she held her head. And, and if they've been in my group a lot of times, sometimes if they're going to cut up, I don't let them come back. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Miss Keller, can I come? I'm like, yeah, baby, I would love for you to come and so she was her head and she was like I've been hearing this my whole life why I gotta go back why I gotta go back you know that was her thing like I'm tired of hearing this shit and I gotta go right back to a neighborhood that don't get it that don't understand she wasn't talking to me right you know and so I'm thinking she's right she's right but she doesn't have options she had no options she has no options at all because she got 10 care. She got insurance. They don't give a damn about her running away. They don't give a damn about her being trafficked. Mm-hmm. When they catch her, you're coming back. They're getting ready to make money off of her. Mm-hmm. Now, you you with Miss Kelly, and I'm real as hell. But at the same time, she's like, that's good. And I've been hearing this forever, Miss Kelly. I got to go back, though. Yeah. They can't find no place for me. And, you know, with all of the different placements, um, only thing I'm thinking, what am I doing? Mm. I mean, I'm teaching this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they come back to me, but they can't stay with me forever. You know, the only way they can come back two, three times in a month, then you got to go threaten suicide. Or, you know, like they knew how to get back to me. Right. 
But as like like what am I doing if if there can't be a systemic change? Yeah. And so I knew then. No, I got to build something. Mm. I, I have to build something to where they are safe and they know what's going to happen next. It gives them an option. Absolutely. And somebody said, why five years? I said, yeah, two or three of them, they're going to try me. Somebody's going to rob me, probably. You know, I got to go get somebody out of jail. Somebody's probably going to get pregnant. Like, that's what come along with it. You know, but at the same time, I mean. In some way, it's like, you know, it's, therapeutic it's parenting. It's a research question. Let's just test it. Because even a part of the school, what I also want is for the mother who's been, you know, addicted to drugs. Like, like, like I want her to be able to come in and, and, and have dinner with her, with her son or daughter. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be able to say, for example, Natoya, she said she coming. You know she probably ain't coming. Mm-hmm. But we're going to make sure, you know. We I, got I a want, space for her. We, we got she a wants space to. For, we got a space for her. She wants to. Now, when she don't show, I'm right here. I got you. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that was for you. Like, it, it's tending to, and that's massaging, in my opinion, the emotional literacy. You yeah. know, like all this trauma we've experienced in our communities, but we've been taught, don't feel it, don't show it, don't. That That's not healing, you know. And then you get in a relationship and you're expected to be able to do those things, but you haven't had any practice. You haven't had any practice at all. And even, you know, when they would come on the unit, if if they would stop, try to stop the little girls and little boys from liking each other, how the hell are you going to stop that? To me, explore it and let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. She is cute. Yeah, she is cute. Yeah, she can't see you keep looking at her. Like, just, both of y'all can be in my group if you want to. Let's, you know, because the more again. Sit next to each other and tend to each other. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and the, to be able to, to be given the permission to do that. Um, yeah, That reminds me of oftentimes how our clients come in and they really need permission that's how that's it without being judged permission validation yeah girl you should be fucked up Mm -hmm. all these things you've dealt with and all these things you're going through and you telling me sorry for crying i'm mad that you said sorry and my thing is all you're doing is smoking weed you won (laughs) i mean like really the more permission is given yeah. People figure out the, the healthier, better way. They really and truly do. Mm-hmm. And we have to be okay with it not looking like my way. Correct. Because, again, I'm not carrying what they're carrying. Right. It, that's, it, they just need a witness. Yeah. Just, and so a part of my, my life coaching program that I'm offering, which, and I'm doing that because I'm looking for staff for my school. Like, there's, I know exactly what I'm doing. I got certain people that I won't work in there. So so you get to help cultivate Absolutely. them and also kind of do interviews before you was, need to do interviews. I know exactly what I'm doing because it's got to be a certain type of people that work yeah. with these kids. I mean, really and truly. Yeah. Not, um, yeah, I had even started doing that, bringing a new therapist to step in to my girls group Lakeside. Mm. What she need to know, y'all. Mm-hmm. Don't bring your problems to work. <laughs> don't play with us one day and then act like you don't know what's the next day Ooh. you know like that was her interview I mean that was her orientation like mm-hmm. I mean come on in here and sit down because that's what that that's what that looks like but my life coaching program um that I'm launching because I can't see anything happen with UMH until I'm done with school okay but in the process of get, even getting these premium clients I do want them to uh experience me mm-hmm. you know but and at the same time 
um, I want to collaborate with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so far, that's been working. Like every intensive or thing, thing, things that I've done, people have said, "How can I help?" Yeah, I want to be a part. I want to yeah. be a part of this because that's the that's what it's going to take for this to come off. Right. You know, uh, the circle of influence gets yes. larger because there's more people willing to do the work. Right. Right. Exactly. 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 Mm. So I I know that you had a private practice and you um, started going to school. Mm-hmm. And now are you back doing private practice? I have. Or like what's, uh, yeah. what's your work life like <laughs> oh if there is a work a life? Question. I am only seeing clients on Saturdays. Um, and my sessions have been wonderful, too, mm. uh, because I'm in school during the week. Um <clears throat> I'm not taking new clients right mm-hmm. now. Uh, you know, so the clients that I'm seeing on Saturdays are existing clients. Okay. So I don't even know if I would call that private practice. Okay. Um, you still have a more like maintenance clients. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, or coaching kind of. Okay. But not necessarily taking them on to just fully unpack because I don't have access to Lakeside anymore either. Mm-hmm. And, and I know my style is intense and I can't trigger people to the point, not that I would intentionally trigger. Right. But I got to know that you got to. They're going to need a different level of care than yes. what you're able to offer them. And I've traditionally had that. Got it. That if, if you couldn't handle me in session or were not ready, a person would be willing to check into Lakeside's outpatient and I can work with them there. Mm. And so I'm like, look, boo, you ain't even got to pay me. Mm-hmm. They don't cover your insurance. You give me every day. Mm-hmm. And clients would be like, oh, God, oh, yes. And beautiful work would happen there because then they would have me in group and then yeah. I'm also seeing them individually yeah. and your insurance is covering it. Like that, that became the health of my clients. Mm. You know, I would get them from there or if they came to my office and I'm like, yeah, you probably, I probably need you out there. Why do I need you out there? Because I need you in community. Yeah. I need you around other people that have experienced me as well. Like mm-hmm. I can't give that to you one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You're missing community. Mm. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Okay. And because I don't have that liberty, I'm just afraid of who I take. You yeah. know, I'm just. That's and, good. That's yeah. good that you know that about yeah, yourself. Yeah, I do. And I know that about myself. I really do. I know that about myself. Um, I do want to beef up the groups, though, you know, uh, like the intensives. Oh, yeah. So I do that. Kelly um, hosted a mother-daughter intensive on a Sunday afternoon. Um, I think you said you wanted it to be like three hours. I think we got closer to like five. Oh, wow. I didn't know how long. Yeah, it got closer to five, but it didn't feel like it, though, because there was so much work that was done there, and you could feel the the atmosphere of the room go from... Not really stale, but kind of like we're just trying to see where this goes yeah. to at the end of the session, you can feel the warmth yeah. in the room from people kind of like melting and allowing themselves to just be yeah. and to see the relationships between the mother and daughters that were there. Even the the client who I stood in for her yeah. mom. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was yeah. it was magical. And um, I just I hope that more of those things happen, because yeah. what it makes me think about is how energy never dies. Right. And so 
you giving that kind of energy means that if you never help another person mm-hmm. after today, yeah. you have helped heal generations. Yeah, I, wow, Toya, uh, it, it makes it real when you say that. Um, because it's true, and I know it's true. Yeah. I know that it's true. I I would fan off when people would say, like, you, you changed my life. Like, like, but from these, just these two intensives, I'm still hearing, like, no, you changed my life. Like, Generation. Like this, 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 this changed me on a level like never before. Yeah. And like you said, that level of healing has never been offered to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to Philadelphia almost eight years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. I just knew I wanted more. Mm-hmm. And, and the topic was there's more to group work. Mm-hmm. And so I just, on a fluke, not on a fluke, you know, I, I do realize it was divine. And Lee being the only other black person there out of almost a thousand people. Me and her, we had to wear a name tag saying they had some little game. I had locks and she had locks. And so people kept saying, are you Lee? Are you Lee? Are you Kelly? So we met each other. It was like, oh, my God. We look, you know. Divine. And we connected. Divine intervention. I had no idea. And my mother had just died. So that was my first psychodramatic piece of work, working on my mother's death. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. We don't have access to this. Yeah. And so with these, what I've done in, you know, even in the community, like I, I'm so excited to continue that mm-hmm. it, with people that don't need Lakeside mm-hmm. and may not even ever go to therapy, right. but just come into this space and experience this. Speaking of people who've never gone to therapy, um, I also like, not only did I reach out to you, but I did know that I kind of already knew you mm. because we had crossed each other at the gym. I was like, oh, she looks like she could be my sister because she's bottom heavy with a small waist <laughs> like me. Right. But she be listening to her headphones. And so I ain't going to get in her business and be like, <laughs> hey, sister. <laughs> um, but I also had a friend who was coming to your outpatient groups mm-hmm. and once a week, we will probably talk about the things that she learned about herself from coming to those groups. And so I'd be like, so what did our therapist Kelly say <laughs> this <laughs> oh, week? God. So I'm getting therapy from you through her yeah, yeah. and didn't realize until later, like connecting the dots. Yeah. And I was like, you know, God is just like the way he orchestrates stuff mm-hmm. is magical. It is. Because, Toya, this time last year, I had bought your plane ticket to go to San Antonio Uh, with me. Remember? That's what that was about. Yes. Yeah. To help me with my dad. Yeah. And there's nobody else I would have reached out to to Mm. say, hey, this is what I I was very honored that you chose me. There was nobody else that I could have, you know, like this is going to be a heavy lift. Yeah. And this is what I, I need. That I didn't have to explain that to. Yeah. That I didn't have to explain I that to. I was willing. Yeah. yeah. I would have paid for my own ticket yeah. if you hadn't offered to pay yeah, for it. Yeah. Um, and so when I saw that come up on the memory, I was like, golly, that's exactly, you know, what this. So the noise in my life, I, I satisfied that quickly. Mm-hmm. Because of what I needed last year. I never know when that's going to happen. Yeah. So distractions and chaos, I can't deal with that long. Because mm-hmm. I never know when I got to act. I was 
was yeah, proud I mean, for you, proud of you for even asking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And proud of you for even being willing to say, I need help with this. Yes, yes. Because older versions of you would have been like, I got it. I can handle it. I'm mm-hmm. good. And I mm-hmm. don't want nobody to know what I got going on. So mm-hmm. I'll take care of it. And right. I'll talk about it when I get to the other side. Exactly. And I can relate to that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that also helped me be okay with giving myself permission to ask for help with tough stuff right. when I need it. Because this is something I had never seen before. Mm. You know, and I like how you said the older version of me, I'd seen so much of it before. I know exactly what to do. Yeah. This is something I had never seen before. Yeah. And my attachment, you know, I mean, this is my birth, my father. It was different. So, I mean, this was different. It was, you know, had issues like patients I've had, but at the same time, the dynamics. Mm-hmm. So, I wasn't going to trick myself. No, I need help. Yeah. I need a certain kind of help, though. Yeah. You know, I don't need you praying and uh uh-uh. No heavy help. No, that ain't what I need. You good? I'm going to give you the cheat sheet. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I just play your, you know, just, just, you know, play the role. Um, But, but yeah, I, um. And that, that's really and truly how I, I, I try to live, that, that the noise and distraction, I can't handle it long. Yeah. Um, which you which know, I think I, I that's God's way of giving you like a self-care button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you let the noise and distraction mm-hmm. go on for too long. I cannot. It's going to make you feel irritated in in an uncomfortable way. Then I get mad at me. Right. So Mm -hmm. the self-care is you got to take care of it or address it at least. Exactly. Or I I, I have to know a timeline when this is going to subside. And when I see it's still escalating and Mm -hmm. it's not getting any better or different, by that time I've peeped your secondary gain, what you're getting out of it, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to let you have it. You know what I mean? I, I, you can remove yourself. I can from remove it. myself because I, I see what this is for real, for real. Mm. And I'm not even holding it against you. I just see the level of pathology that it is. Yeah. You know, it's it's who you are. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yes, I'm so proud of you in Thank so you. many ways. Thank you. I hope I'm doing a good job. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Cash need to pay us. <laughs> He probably Toya, over there taking notes and stuff. But Toya, let me say, I'm so proud of you. I am proud of you for being so, um, what do I want to call it? It's like an existential eclectic. What is that? <laughs> the eclectic part is, is just all the, the willing to explore all the mm. different tools. Mm-hmm. But also the existential part is to see it beyond uh, our human existence. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Like, like I. And I've had to. I mean, does it make sense? To, yes. It's kind of a. It's it's. Um, I've had to come to um, grips with accepting that. You have to. You 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 because that's the vastness of who we are as black people. Mm-hmm. Like, really, it's the vastness of who we are. Any way that we edit ourselves, to me, we harm the community. We cannot afford anymore to live edited in any way. You know, and we've learned how to. to, So the weirder, the better. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage. And so, um, you know, this year my mantra has been vulnerability is my superpower. Mm -hmm. And it's because I recognize that I actually wasn't doing 
the best job at being vulnerable because I was always editing myself. Yeah, yeah. I like that word editing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, this is the unedited version. It, uh, and to me, I'm at the best, I'm the best version of myself that I have ever been. Me too. And when you make connections and new attachments, to me, you, you come with the awareness that with this new thing, there's going to be a level of compromise. Yeah. I'm at the best version of myself, though. Mm-hmm. I can't get any better than this. Mm. So you're going to have to be on your shit if I'm going to compromise anything. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. Because I'm not willing to do that anymore. Like, what what you working with? I'm going to have to lose. Yeah. And I'm just not willing I, to lose. I'm not in a place to do that anymore. Because being edited got me nowhere. It got other people far. It got other people far. And shit, they still plateaued. True, because once you no longer have access to me, your life is your quality of life is like, going to decrease. I almost feel sorry for you. Like anybody that lost me, like I'm so serious. Like anybody that lost me, really, as a friend or or like I really do feel badly for you. I do too. Because as therapist, and I was watching Cat uh, Williams talk about Prince the other night. Like I watch a lot of YouTube. And he was saying that Prince could play, like, 27 instruments. Like, you know, he's so talented. And I, I thought about, you know, with the field of therapy, like, shit, I play by ear. Yeah. Like, I'm so, t- I, I can get along with anybody yeah. without losing me once I know. That's your, a gift. Once I, ex- once I know your makeup. Now, when you fumble that. It's on you. It's on you. Be blessed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. I appreciate the memories. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like. Mm. This has been a great, great conversation. I'm so sorry. I know I talk a lot. No, <laughs> I do. Your, yeah, I mean, your conversation is like I, I have these light bulb moments or I have these visions where I can see what you're saying in a different way. Yeah. But it still lands, though. It still lands. Yeah, yes. it still lands. And, and that's that that's that's the gift I think I in that I have developed. Mm. And I believe that's the gift. If you allow me to say I would love to see you cultivate even more. OK. Because it's 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 okay to act on your knowing. Yeah. Like I I know this person. I've I've felt you know their characteristics, their makeup, and so acting on that from a place of authenticity and wellness. Ooh. It lands well. Authenticity and wellness. And because I I I can be real as well. I'm real real. But if I'm going to use that to hurt you or shame you, wellness is not in that. Yes. And, and so now you just got my ego. Yeah. And, and all ego do is get you in trouble. Right. And then you with shame, you got to get yourself out of trouble. But, you know, to, to operate, you know, on your, on your knowing from a place of authenticity and wellness, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And um, I had a speaking engagement or I did a, um, a wellness retreat a couple of weekends ago and I was so nervous and so anxious about it. Um, but you offered to do a consultation with me mm-hmm. and that was a very valuable um, hour yeah. that I feel like, like the price, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, 
I just felt so much more confident afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And then when I actually got there, I heard your voice in my head. Mm -hmm. But the things that I needed you to tell me, you said them. Mm -hmm. One, if you don't pull out anything, you know enough. Yeah. Right. So lean into your own knowing. Mm -hmm. And you also can read the room so you can tell what they need and you can give them what they need. Mm -hmm. And then I think you said, all you got to do is just show up. Yeah. Show and up. everything else is going to work out. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself when I got there, like, she's right. Yeah. So hearing your voice in my head was was worth that time that you were willing to invest in me. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm glad to. Yeah. That's what I, I love doing. Yeah. I love doing that. Um, and I am looking at how, how I can do that more with therapists. Yeah. Um, be, because you, you have what you need, Toya, in my opinion. Because you're not afraid of your own fear, your own hurt, your own sadness, your own pain. No. Every workshop I've ever done, every client I've ever sat in front of, every group I've ever led, my pain, my fear, my, my hurt is right there in the room with me. Mm -hmm. I pull from that without giving you my experience. Right. So if I can connect from my, my, my pain that may not look like your, if your toe hurt, my finger hurt, it's still pain. Mm -hmm. So I know what that's like and I know what's needed. With me pulling from that, mm. then I'm gonna. The situation is fragile. The room is fragile. Yeah. And you know, you know, I gotta warm up to, um, you know, to that. Yeah. When you're not connected to your woundedness and you try to do this work, it's inauthentic. It's it's hearing the 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 celebrities say, "Give you a sound bite." Right. Yeah, we're not dancing. Regurgitating that, knowledge. That's all that not is. Not really helping to facilitate a healing process. And so much of what my clients have been through, I've never experienced that those situations, but mm -hmm. I know hurt. Mm -hmm. I know fear. I know abandonment. Since I know that, I know what you need. Yeah. And if I don't know what you need, I damn sure know what you don't need. And I'm sitting here with you while we figure it yeah, out. Absolutely. You know, you know like... You know, the worst question you can ask somebody that's in pain or hurting is why? Why would you do that? Well, why would you say that? Like, like That's going to make me get small. So I know what you don't need is why. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's not what you need. You know, most of the time people need their stories to be told. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Backwards, forward. Over and over and over again. Until it and no longer to, is exactly. the vibrations of them. Exactly. With them reacting from and it. And that's what experiential work does for us. Yeah. Especially for us. Yeah. You know, we, we, we can rewrite the story. Yeah. And we're good at that. Because mm -hmm. even in music. Yes. We're good at that. Yeah. I'm glad you made that connection for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. So where can we find you or do we need to find you right now? Ooh. Where can y'all find me? Um, You can join my life coaching program. Yes. You can. Um. I, uh, I sent a post out today as per my business coach. I'm starting January 2023 for the eight-module course. I mm -hmm. don't know if it'll be eight weeks or biweekly. Okay. And so what it'll look like is an hour of coaching with me um, and, and then um, <clears throat> – 
for each module, there's an hour of coaching with me and then a group session mm-hmm. with the cohort that you mm-hmm. operate, you mean that you sign up with, just so that, that I can watch you perform the techniques mm. before I will certify you. Okay. You know, so uh, but it's definitely helping you still not to be a therapist for, for people. So I mean, you're doing a, you you're want. doing a life coaching certification. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm so, yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. So that, that that's that that's one way. That's coming in January. The other thing, though, like what I did with you, Tori, because I didn't read that email yet, uh, about just how to find me on social media. That's the question. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can find me on social media. Yeah. Because I, so I have open so much to I other, give away. other therapists doing consultations All with you? All I want is other therapists to do consultations with. You're good at it. Yeah, that's all I want. Cause I'm telling y'all the stuff I wish somebody had told me, mm-hmm. or I'm telling y'all the stuff that when you when your patients came back to the hospital, what they said about y'all. Mm-hmm. We need to know. <laughs> you know, I mean, you really do. I mean, you really and truly do. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, and it's just little stuff I can give you to help you open up that ex, that exploratory portion. So much of therapy is exploratory. Yeah. It, it's but not- but you can only. Your clients can only grow as much as you're willing to grow. They can only grow as much as you're willing to grow. Uh, they can yeah. only go as far as you're willing to go. And it's a disservice for people who want to grow further with you, but you're stunting y'all's growth. It, 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 and there's some, you know, two trains of thought about that. You know, people will say, you know, that that the therapist, and, but they are non-color you know they they don't ascribe to your clients can only go as far as you're willing to go oh i didn't know that yeah yeah that you can still point them in the right direction and that's that's further okay Uh, but with me specializing in black people trauma Mm -hmm. no you're gonna have to be worthy for in order for us to follow you like, like you, you, you can't be using words that we don't understand. Mm-mm, mm-mm, and no. if you don't say Maine at least one time in this session, right. I know you're not from Memphis mm-hmm. and I probably can't relate to some of exactly. the stuff you're trying to tell exactly. me. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then Tori, on the flip side of that, I remember getting a young lady who, her uh, son had just died and, and had a, a, a black therapist that, uh, was basically, um, according to the, to the client, was so fixated on her shoes. Like, oh, girl, them shoes sharp. You know, they're sharp. Like, she kept talking about, oh, that's a nice purse you got. Take the purse and take the shoes. So you this, can have them. This woman is coming to process the just, death of her just son. give me like, what I need. You messed that up at the beginning of the session. You know, so at the beginning of the session, like, sis, you missed it. You, you you missed it. Now, I got the client after a suicide attempt at Lakeside. Professional client. Yeah. You know, that, that had, you know, gone to, but again, her thing, and didn't want to have shit to do with me. The client didn't want to, because I'm black too. Yeah. You know, came to my group and kind of, you know, ended up saying that. But, you know, the shoes and the purse, like she kept saying that. For me, the session always starts as soon as they hit the door. Really? When you first Contact them when you email, it, text message, phone you're, call. You're in mode already, but when they walk in the door, I'm shifting to meet them. Yeah. And if she was irritated that you're talking about her shoes and her purse, her face didn't show. Let's talk fashion. And you missed it. You, you didn't you read it. it. You didn't read you it missed, at all. You missed it. 
You oh God, you missed it. It starts. I mean, that's where it starts at the beginning. Mm. When my group would start at at, at, at one o'clock, I'm at least at eleven thirty because I'm having lunch with the patient. I'm already watching. I'm already seeing who's going to be in there next. Okay. I'm already getting information. I'm already walking the halls because I got to feel, you know, what's going on. I'm already talking to the head staff to see where are they because who frustrated you? What could affect this, that, you know? And those, these are conversations that therapists, especially therapists of color need to have because she probably thought that the therapist probably thought she was creating a connection with the client. She did. She did. Um, Trying to make her feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and also, Hey girl, I'm cool. I'm a fashionista too. Before we get started. That was an assumption gone wrong. Mm -hmm. That's where the curiosity has to stay. Open, you know, just being curious about that. Um, And and I would love to to help. I would love to help us with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I would love to help us with that. Um, And and the way you get help with that is role playing, really. Yeah. Let me put you in the role. That's the way I started supervising people with license, you know, for licensure. Your most problem client become that right here in front of me. Mm. I don't know, Miss Kelly. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. What part made you upset? Mm -hmm. You know, whether they don't want to talk, you know, whatever. So, and I'm going to show you how to get movement. Yeah. It, just bring it, you know, bring it. And and once you feel that, it's almost, again, like you have muscle memory. Like, it's like, okay, that, I don't want to personalize this person not wanting to talk. I'm making right. this about me now. Right. Um, but, it, yeah, just stuff that I've learned. Really mm. stuff that I've learned. And I got so much in me that I want to get out. I'm ready. You know, that I'm I ready. Get out I'm grateful get. that I get to have VIP access absolutely. to your stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Um, it's not a therapy conversation, a therapy session, but if you choose to listen to this the entire time, you should probably journal about some of the feelings and emotions right. that you have coming up with, mm-hmm. from listening to us. Um, and also consider seeking uh, therapy. Um remember to like share and subscribe if we've said something that has touched your heart or piqued your curiosity be sure to comment um, in the comment section and we'll try to get back to you as soon as possible thank you for taking the time to um spend with the bougie black therapist podcast i also wanted to make an announcement i am working with a friend of mine who lives in uh, Ghana, and we are hosting a trip to Ghana next year. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. What's the date? Um, I'll tell you, the dates are October, not October, like September the 24th through like October the 3rd. Oh, I can't wait. And um, Ben told me that his students and some of the people that he mentored, they watched the podcast. So I want to say, hey, y'all. I can't wait to see y'all. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm hey, coming. y'all, to my friends in Accra. Um, I want to see some houses when I go because that might be okay. You, you, like, I'm serious as hard as that. Getting this PhD and just seeing how all this work, like, I want to come home, Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> they are going to welcome home. you home. It is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful experience, especially since you enjoyed working with trauma with people of color. Yes. Going to Ghana was such a magical experience for me mm-hmm. because you didn't have to worry about race. Yeah. 
while you were there. So having to just be was, man, it was, it was, I felt light while I was there. That's a life I don't know. I've never experienced. It's going to take you two or three days to adjust to, so that you can kind of like walk without feeling like you need to be guarded. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just want to make sure I say hey to my friends and we will see you uh, next September, September 2023. Um, Until next time, thank you for tuning in with the Bougie Black Therapist podcast. Peace out.